This episode is brought to you by Shuggies. Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. <laughs> so Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar. And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon. That sounds so refreshing. Mm. I would use it in baking. Oh, what would you make? Right now, I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like they're the... Them. Yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them. And every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now. Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggies on it and call it a shuggy doodle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check them out at shuggies.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S.com. Or find them on Instagram at that shuggies feeling. Yeah, that shuggies feeling. I want that feeling all the time. Yeah, elevate your everyday with shuggies. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. It is a deeper snap. I have a deeper snap than you do. That's Wait. so funny. Ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or does it just sound, is that like a Doppler effect where it sounds, do you know about the Doppler effect? No. Where, you know, as an ambulance comes towards you and then recedes, the siren changes in pitch? Oh, sure. That's the Doppler effect. Getting quieter has a no, scientific no, no. term? No, no, no. It's the actual pitch. Like the na 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 I mean, that was a British siren that I was just doing, but you know what I'm saying. I'm a trained actor. <laughs> My sirens have accents. <laughs> but I was just wondering if there's a, if there's a s- snap Doppler effect oh. where my snap sounds different to me because it's closer if somehow the pitch is different. Probably. And if we actually listen back to this, that our snaps are the same pitch. No. Does, yours, does my snap sound different I have different you? fingerprints than you. There's no way we all snap the same. Well, does your snap sound, does my snap sound deeper to you? Yes. Mine's higher. Hmm. I have a higher... You've got a high-pitched snap. I have a high-pitched snap. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You have a very baritone snap. Yeah, I have a powerful snap. Oh, also, you do it from the side. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a good snapper. I'm a cool snapper, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you do it right-handed? Yep. Me too. Wait, can we go lefty? Oh, I can't snap with my left hand. Wait. I don't know if I can either. I gotta put down my cashews. Hang on. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Yeah. (laughs) Can you hear the difference? Right hand? Okay. Left hand. Sounds like one is like under the covers. Oh, wait, there we go. Yeah, it's, it's a, a flappy warming. snap. A flappy snap. <laughs> oh, my left hand is a flappy snapper. <laughs> what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? <laughs> oh man, flappy Ooh. snappers. Wow, I got really stoned with our guest today. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. He knows how to roll them up and light them up, and oh my god, you know, toast them up. <laughs> <laughs> flappy snapper. How are you? Um, stoned. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel great. How are you? I'm awesome. Good. I'm awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm, for the first time ever, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I usually forget. <laughs> this is a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, mm-hmm. and calling shit out. Yep. 
<laughs> so I'm like trying to help you and it's not helpful at all. Oh, you're I'm like, doing... Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like nodding and giving you thumbs up over here. Yeah. yeah. Like a proud mom watching her kid tap dance even though he's not in <laughs> like on beat and definitely they only let him in the theater because they're nice. And he's wearing soccer cleats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, great job. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome well, to a podcast. Now you want to say it better? No, I don't want to say it better. I'm, I'm supporting you. Say it better if you need to. I don't need to. No, I'm You have I'm deeper sorry. snaps and not, better... I have a flappy snap. Not with your right, though. What does your left snap sound like? Sounds pretty good. Yeah. But I'm a left boy. You're ambi-snapstress. I am ambi-snapstress. Snaps, ambi-snapstress. Oh, wow. Look, show off. You know what else you But it's because I'm a lefty and I'm ambidextrous. Yeah, but I can't. Oh, you're ambidextrous because you're left-handed is what you're saying? Yeah. You had to learn how to do everything with your right because we're in a right-handed world. That and also I think I was just born naturally like, I, I don't know. Gifted? There's a Some would say. <laughs> <laughs> Most would say. Came out of the womb snapping with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this kid's special. <laughs> we always knew. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Do they give sma- snap scholarships? Snap, maybe. Have you ever seen the people who snap... Uh, they do fastest hand clapping, and what? they do flappy hands. So <laughs> when they, like, you know how this is a clap, yeah. but for, like, world record fastest clap, mm-hmm. they get flappy hands, and they, like, rub them together, Whoa. and it's so loose that their hands slap against each other at sonic speeds, and then they do uh, some insane amount of slaps per minute, and the world record something like, it's like three snaps a second. Like, it's something along the lines of, like, 200 slaps in a minute or something wild like that. Whoa. Like a dog shaking? Yes. Like that speed? We were just talking about those dog shakes. Uh Uh-huh. Can I, okay, so now that we're on the pod, let me ask you, if you had a genie wish, Mm -hmm. would you wish to have the ability to shake like a dog? Um, That would not be one of my wishes, no, but (sighs) I can appreciate that it's clearly something that you want. I want it so bad. (laughs) When I saw your dog Archie shake the other day, I was Mm -hmm. like, I bet that feels good as hell. Well, it just feels, it looks, the twist, like, you know, when you see a slow-mo video of a dog shaking out, it's, you know, wet fur and everything's twisting in different directions. I bet that feels pretty great. It's got to feel amazing. Because, you know, when you just, like, turn to the left and move your hips to the right, that feels awesome. Yeah. Such a good stretch. Exactly. So, doing it all at once, but full body, like, real fast, several times. All your skin is going in a bunch of different directions, like a self-induced massage. Yeah, it must, like, pop all of your, you know, things that need to be popped, too. Probably feel, yeah, maybe I would want that as a wish. That's what I'm saying. And if you're on like shrooms or molly or something, you're just like standing in a corner like, guys, I'll be right back. I got to like do a (laughs) bunch of shakes. It's going to feel amazing. It would look real weird, but yeah. Especially if you're the only person that does it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a, it's not something that humans were born with. It's just you. (laughs) who shakes like a dog. Keeps showing up at parties and acting really strange. I don't know if we should invite him anymore. I don't know. That's a good party trick. I've seen some terrible party tricks, and I gotta be honest. If I could shake like your dog and do it, because I'm like do it for real. Yeah. I think I'd be invited to more parties. No, I don't think so. Because all of your skin would be going in different directions. Like your eyes would slide off to one side, and your ears would go weird. And I don't know. This is true. Maybe you could make money at it if you like took all of your clothes off and did it. Oh, in Vegas, mm-hmm. like when you're in downtown Vegas <laughs> and there's those little circles where you can, you know, do whatever you want in that circle to try and earn a couple bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just standing there naked and it's like for a dollar I'll shake like a dog and <laughs> m- make you melt. 
<laughs> would would give you a dollar. Right? Yep. If, if I was like, for $2, I'll give you the Gatorade to pour on me and then watch me shake. Oh, wow. Great for your slow-mo Instagram videos. It sounds awesome. There's got to be some, someone out there who has made it. Like, have you ever seen the woman who trained herself to walk like a horse, meaning on all fours? No. I think she might be... Finish like a tool video. Have you ever seen that tool video where it's like their feet are planted on the ground and their hands, and then their head is bobbing as they walk? It's claymation. Is that kind of creepy? I don't know. All I know is that she trained herself. I saw a weird video of her on all fours, and she actually like taught herself the different gates because you know, with a a, a horse, there's a walk and then a trot and then a canter and then a gallop, and they're all different runs, and your feet do different things during each run. Horses are amazing to watch do their thing, and she taught herself all of the different you know walks and actually like gets around like that on all fours i want to find that that's Mm got to be the you type in horse horse woman it's number one search strange woman in finland (laughs) horse walk so our to-do list after we do this intro is to look up fast slaps Uh horse walks Uh (laughs) and can anybody shake like a dog Uh very busy night oh my god i'm really excited about this this is gonna be a fun night on the internet yeah um do you want to talk news yeah let's get into the news speaking of the internet yeah speaking of the internet and we got to get to our amazing guest so the news you've heard it's a big story a lot of people have heard yeah coming out of california california vape maker and edibles maker cushy punch got making got caught making illegal products um, They're a huge company, by the way. Massive company here in California. And Leafly uh, broke the story, I believe. They're reporting that, um, prompted by a tip, investigators at the California Department of Consumer Affairs busted Cushy Punch um, making illegal gummies and disposable vaporizers. Blah, disposable vaporizers. Um, millions of dollars worth of product to be sent to the black market. And Cushy Punch is operating with a legal cannabis license in California. So obviously highly problematic because they're working with a licensed product going through lab testing and everything and then a black market evidently these products were just destined without testing or regulation for the black market can i ask you a couple questions yeah, to try absolutely. and wrap my head around this so cushy bunch has a legal cannabis license they mm-hmm. they sell legal cannabis yep they were also making products for the black market or were they testing their legal licensed cannabis products but then not selling them on the legal market and instead selling them on the black market for cash so it looks like this 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 uh, story on leafly says that a source alleges that cannabis that tested clean went through cushy punch's licensed facility and into the licensed supply chain and then cannabis that might fail the state's stringent pesticide standards went to the illicit extraction lab and pen factory so they were two separate operations. So they were working in the green and the black. Yep. And they were using, supposedly, according to this source, they were using untested black market oil, heavy in pesticide. So, you know, obviously could make you terribly, terribly sick. Um, the CEO of the company has not responded to Leafly's attempts to reach him to address the accusations. The Bureau of Cannabis Control is uh, has an ongoing investigation. And it's just a big, crazy story because it's a legal cannabis retailer also manufacturing for the black market, which is... Uh, not good. Fucking major. Level. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 just a story that we're following. It's ongoing. It just happened on Friday. The story came out. Holy shit! It's huge because the bus is coming amidst this whole vape 
crisis across the nation. So yeah. especially disposable pens, you know, manufactured for the black market by a cannabis retailer, you know, you, you would think that you could trust Cushy Punch products because you see them in dispensaries. And so it's, you know, even worse than you would think. It's more duplicitous because if you're buying them from the black market, but you're like, oh, well, it's, but it's Cushy it's Punch. It's Cushy Punch. So what a plug. I've got a great Trusted plug. Name. It's yeah. not like you're buying a Mario Kart or something where you're like, well, that's clearly illegal because Supreme doesn't sell cannabis vape cartridges, but Cushy Punch does. They do. Legally tested lab you know fuck and it's got pested the one you think you got the plug on and you're just like a little bit of cash saving a little dough not going to the dispensary and it's got pesticides in it could make you really fucking sick so uh, i guess if you bought your cushy punch edibles or vape cart on the black market throw it away Um, yes please and uh follow the story at leafly and we'll also post updates when we find them out on socials and stuff crazy right fucking crazy yeah wow well I gotta say, like, uh, that's one reason I really like doing this podcast with you. Yeah, we you learn know? a lot about what's going on. Yeah, and, uh, John Capetta, our guest today, had so much to say about it too, from a really interesting perspective. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to be plugged in. Very, very cool. Holy um, smokes! But, what a horrifying story, and it's you know. Anyway, well, don't need to say much more about it other than it's ongoing. We'll keep following it. Well, especially if you're a medical patient. Yeah. And let's say you are. Um, you had to buy black market. You had to, to buy black market, it. right? Sure. Exactly. And so you're like, I've seen Cushy Punch, and then you're a medical patient, and let's say you have PTSD. Let's say you have anything that's like, of like that you need help, and mm-hmm. you need like, um, and then you get that, and it starts making you sicker. Yeah. Oh fuck. Bad news. Bad fucking news. So, mm, well. Um. But oh, in good news. In good news, though. <laughs> in good news. Well, we have a video dropping tomorrow that we, we made. That's like the most fun thing ever where we had such a good time so yeah a positive shift let's talk about it yeah. shout out to michael walker of the tender friends podcast oh i really like how you sang all that thank you nice. ambidextrous bit of a singer <laughs> started as a soprano too was a little too nervous in high school because my voice didn't change and everyone else's did kind of tried to fake it like i was an alto everyone knew i wasn't an alto let alone a tenor and now uh nothing well, now you have a nice voice. I feel like your voice is really well pitched, actually. Really, more so could... than my snap. Oh yeah, no, your snaps are good. You can snap her, but I feel like your voice is actually—you've got the—you've got kind of the range, which is really nice. You know, you've got the—you've got the—you've got access to all of your voice, which is something that I had to learn in theater school. You know, because a lot of people really don't use all of the notes that are available to them. And we had this amazing voice teacher who Janine Pearson would talk all over the place, and it was, she sounded like. You know, like no one you had ever heard, but it was sure. also exciting because she taught you that you could access like all of the different parts of your, you know. And in like a lot of America, we are quite monotone. Always. In, in I either talk right through like, my nose or, mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah. Yeah, but in a lot of other countries, like if you go to like Ireland, they talk like way up here all the time. So. Huh. You have it all available to you, Mike. That's really nice. Well, I mean, some of my favorite uh, radio hosts, mm-hmm. they. I, they have a wide wheelhouse mm-hmm. that they stay in, but Peter it's very Sagel. wide. Yes, like you know Peter Sagal from uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Fucking love Wait, Wait, whoa, Don't Tell Me. Whoa, he's all over. Yeah, it, it, he's always hooking my ear mm-hmm. because every word has a different like twist to it. Yep, and every single word just like gets me. It's nice. it's really talent. It's yeah. a big talent. Wait, how do we get on this from the video? Oh, <laughs> we have a video coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, weed. <laughs> It's very funny. And we we made Cobbler. Had a great time making these videos, the first of which will come out tomorrow. And um, just like awesome. And thanks to Goldleaf for making the videos with us. Yeah, it's been such a really cool time to partner with Goldleaf for them and with Michael Walker because, Mm -hmm. I don't know, we love to cook. 
And the idea of us being able to be filmed making something that is not only easy, fun, delicious, and got us so baked. So baked. So baked. Like pun intended, <laughs> but also we were so baked. Yeah. Yeah. So video one is us making a cobbler. It's the same cobbler recipe that we did for Mary Jane, mm -hmm. if you want to check that out. And it's the easiest recipe in the world. Video two that's coming. Ooh, we. we we got fried and made fried rice. Yeah, but I, I was like, a, I was nonverbal for a solid five to ten minutes. But I was just like, okay. She, you just kept drinking water, and I was like, I guess I'll keep talking. <laughs> I had like six pints of water. I was like, oh no, okay. It was yeah. great. I had such a good time with you, and the videos are so fun. And Michael is so funny, and his edit is just it makes me laugh. So. Yeah, so awesome. if you want to check that out, we're going to be dropping that uh, the same day that this is coming out, mm -hmm. Wednesday. Uh, also go to Goldleaf or at Goldleaf. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to talk about the patient journal yeah, that yeah, you yeah. just showed me? Uh -huh. I'm going to be real. Um, uh, do I want to bring it? This is just like, I kind of want to bring it down a little bit, okay. but it's because I want to be honest. Yeah. So this patient journal that Goldleaf makes, it's so that you can keep track of your cannabis consumption and the type of cannabis as a medical patient. So it breaks down. There's a huge, beautiful chart that shows all the, oh man, I always Cannabinoids? Cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. I always say cannaboids. Can, can, uh, well, some people say um, cannabinoids. Cannabinoids. I think that's also acceptable, but cannabinoids is the, I like can. the better I like cannabinoids in my ear. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of breaks down like what CBD, like it, will you say it? Well, it's like, a, it's a whole chart. So it's, you know, the patient medical journal is for, yeah, tracking your intake when you are a medical patient and using different strains and edibles and kind of dialing your experience in. So you're really treating it like you're titrating your experience. That's great. You know, so <clears throat> yeah, at the front there are all of these charts where it has strain recommendations for things like general pain and migraines and all that kind of stuff. There's a chart about terpenes, there's the cannabinoids, and then inside the journal, they've got this really cool, look at that, that journal where... Oh, so then, so really for like whatever your uh, medical ailments are, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of different sections where it's like pain, muscle spasm, nausea, appetite loss, and it goes from low to severe. Mm -hmm. And then there's dosage and strain. So let's say you check mark smoked, and then a strain like purple punch, mm -hmm. and then the temperature that it was at and the dosing and the timeline of when you take took it yeah. and then how that helps or doesn't help all of the ailments that you're doing. So it's you can really track which strains help you the most with your medical condition in a su super honest, efficient way that is also personal and it allows you to have a notebook that you can refer to at any time and nobody needs to know about it if you don't want to let anyone to know. But yeah. if you also are like searching for and honing in on what works for you best, whether it's dabbing, vaping, you can keep track of all of that. It's so cool because you, you, you know, I think so much of the information out there is that people think like a sativa will wake you up and an indica is good for pain relief and all that kind of stuff. But as we learned in our interview with Nick Jacomas from Leafly, it's actually not the case. Sativa indica hybrid is sort of an outdated classification at this point. And so mm -hmm. you really need to be strain specific or edible or tincture specific whatever you are using you take notes about your experience with that very specific thing and then you can compare it to something else and then you look back at this amazing journal that helps you it asks you all the right questions yeah you might not even know how to ask these questions if you're especially if you're a newer medical patient or I would also say if you have somebody so this is where I was going to kind of bring it down so my grandma had dementia right and it was devastating and 
there was every type of way to keep track of her pills and what was working for her and what was slowing down the dementia and all of that. So if you're also a caretaker or there's somebody that you are caring for or care about, mm-hmm. you can use this for them yeah. as well. And had I had something like this or had cannabis even been legal, I think it really could have helped her. And this is something I could have used during that time to just slow slow her progress a little bit. Definitely. That's really cool. I think also when you're a caregiver, uh, you don't have a lot of brain space. So like, or you or you, your brain space is taken up I guess because yeah. you you know have so much going on and you can get overloaded so yeah this is definitely a great um, caregiver journal as well as a patient journal that's really cool Mike what is this uh. what is one if what is if one is for what did you have you been using it I, I just grabbed it the other day I'm not a medical patient so I don't use this particular journal they what just is sent it if to one us, is for then 116 used, is 119 I used it as a notebook because Okay, so what is that? Dave Beanenstock of the Great Moments in Weed History podcast reached out recently to because we were shouting them out on the pod, yeah, and they're shouting out shouting us out, and it's just awesome. And he also he just wrote us this really nice email, and he congratulated us on a hundred episodes. Oh, oh, well, and his email, and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> we passed a hundred episodes, and we didn't mark it. But then I was like, but we haven't because we started doing. We started Weed and Grub as a weekly podcast that came out every Wednesday in whenever that was, 2018, yeah. like a year and a half ago. And then this year, we started doing Monday episodes as well, which are Spotlight Series episodes, which are like our business apps, talking to people who are like work with companies that we believe in. And then we also have like six mini episodes <laughs> that we released when we were like, we just have to talk about this thing. Right. So... Technically, we're at 120 episodes. We blew past 100, but that's only because we have mini episodes and Spotlight Series. So this notation <laughs> was me actually figuring out when our real 100th episode is going to be, which will be December 11th. <laughs> so the reason if and one is point, four, then 116 is 119? Oh, one is four. Hold on. And I got to take a picture to post. No says, one's going to know what we're talking it's about. It's so ridiculous. So basically, our first, our very first three episodes that we ever recorded. We hold it up. We posted to Podbean. This is a very boring explanation. But anyway, there are three episodes that we recorded. Maybe we'll re-release them someday. But we put them up and then we like took them down. Because they were bad. Well, I mean, yeah. Like the audio wasn't great. We were just, you know, finding our kind of groove and everything. And so we um, posted them, but then took them down. So the first one that is available actually is number four and itunes hasn't reset it back to number one so anyone smoking is melting right now (laughs) everyone is like what are you talking about sorry (laughs) it's not boring it's just that like if one is four like this feels like it feels like i'm back in high school doing math yeah and all i know is that i'm gonna cheat on the test so it doesn't matter these musings were me just figuring out when the fuck our hundredth episode is okay so if one is four then 116 which is which was the episode that we're at I can't even remember how I worked this out. It was 119. And I have written down six minisodes and 20 spotlights equals 26. And if 116 minus 26 equals the 90th episode, our 90th episode was on October 2nd. That means December 11th will be our 100th episode. If that makes any sense at all, it doesn't matter. We'll be at 100 feature apps on December 11th. We'll do something fun and special for it. (laughs) Maybe we'll have a fancy guest. Just saying, Seth Rogen, come on the pod. That would be amazing. I know, it would be amazing. And then we can explain that to him. And then we can show him this weird math. (laughs) Man, you don't know what this means to me, because honestly, if one is four, (laughs) then Seth Rogen is on our hundredth. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Anyway, 
yeah, that's what that is. Good um, math, though. I don't know thanks. if I'd be able to like crack that code to figure out what our hundred actually is. You can figure is. out that if one is four, that one sixteen is one nineteen. It's just plus three. Yeah. That's the math. It's really not hard. <laughs> if one is four, if that was like a problem, it was like if this is to this as this is to this, and mm-hmm. if I said to you, if one is four, oh, I could do if that. If one is to four, as one sixteen is to one nineteen. Then what what's is 137 yeah i could do that that's the it's best 140 <laughs> thank you like, it's just plus three <laughs> i on my acts that was the section i crushed mm-hmm. you know like i did so bad on other sections but i nailed that like i got 100 percent on I it i can't believe that i just actually explained that completely ridiculous bit of math i'm clearly stoned sorry that was great it was great. I and was I w- really bad at math. I also like that you took the time to do it because you wanted to know when our 100th actually is. That feels yeah. nice. You're invested in this. It's good. Yeah. Well, there's spotlights every Monday, and we talk to such amazing people for the spotlights, but those are a separate entity in in a way, and our Wednesday episodes where we talk to cool people, and sometimes it's just us, but when we have a cool guest, that kind of feels like the ones that we mark as like the features, right? 100%. Those are is. the ones that we mark as the features. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Capetta today, uh, Hell yeah. it's fucking exciting. Yeah. Before we get into it, you want to get into Buds of the Week? Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, we have a couple very cool Buds of the Week. Yeah. I'd like to read mine first, if that's okay. Uh, okay. Oh, you want to go first? No, I don't. I mean, it's great. I actually want to hear this. I really... I Let me go first. Because I just <laughs> want to... Well, I'm excited to just say thank you to Libby Dolan as my Bud of the Week at LibDol, L-I-B-D-O-L, on Instagram. And Libby uh, does PR for Lowell Farms and Lowell Cafe and all of the Lowell wonderfulness. And she's just, like, so fun and cool to work with. And um, she hooked me up with a, a reservation at the Lowell Cafe. And I got to, like, go and experience the America's first ever, le- ever legal cannabis restaurant with our friend Ben. And uh, it was really cool. So thank you, Libby. She's just an amazing human. And she's fucking fun as hell to hang out with. She's she always a- is wearing, like, something really cool. Yeah. She was wearing, like, a striped pantsuit last time i saw her cool yeah. yeah she's cool nice yeah and lowell was well we can talk about lowell more yeah in a little bit in a little bit cool yeah bet next step next step uh-huh next step lowell up mm-hmm. love it sweet uh good butt of the week yeah my butt of the week is alexandra 13 so her instagram handle is at alex zandra so it's a-l-e-x-x <laughs> i know have you ever heard the kevin james cell phone bit no. Where it's somebody who is um, giving their phone number, but they don't know what the proper rhythm is. Okay. So it's like three, two, four, nine, six, one, four. Oh, awesome. Zero. That's and great. it's like, wait, what? Because it's like, da da da, da da da, da 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 da. That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. he's like, two, six, four, one, nine, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Seven. Um, great. So her handle is Alexandra13, A L E X X A N N D R A 13. And she wrote us a really cool DM at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Hey, Mary Jane and Mark, I love your podcast. <laughs> wait. Would you think that was an autocorrect? Yeah, it was an autocorrect. That was an That's autocorrect. why I, I didn't want to call her out for it. It's <laughs> fucking like autocorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mary Jane and Mark, I love your podcast. Started listening to it when I was in Hong Kong for the summer, and I'm currently catching up from February 28th, LOL. Anyways, my roommate and I are purchasing a magical butter machine in a few days, and we are curious about your favorite recipes, features about it. Love you both. Keep up the podcast. And if you're ever in Chicago or the Cin- or Cincy, I'd love to see you guys. Is that Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Nice. As somebody who moved here from Chicago, I'll be back. Let's kick it. Well, I'll kick it in uh, the Windy City together. Love that. I've never spent any time in Chicago. 
Yeah. I really oh. want to go. Have you really not? No, I've driven oh. through a couple of times on the way to other places and I've never actually stopped. We're going to eat and smoke our way through that city and take public trans the whole time. Oh, it's going to be so good. So good. Ugh. And we should answer a question before we get into Capetta. Yeah. As far as like... um. Favorite recipes and features for an MB machine. So they're the most fun for their own recipes. Like you've got to go to magicalbutter.com. There's a recipe tab. They have super fun videos. Um, the can of cobbler on their website, the peach can of cobbler is really amazing. Um, they have a ton of barbecue sauces on there, which are very sexy. Yep. And I don't know, a good white barbecue sauce. So good. Yeah. They've got um, also like just general sort of basic, like how to infuse butters and oils and tinctures and all that kind of like 101 stuff, which is really fantastic. And then also follow at Elise McD four twenty or can or that's Twitter or, or cannibal cannabis oh god cannabis edibles four twenty Elise McDonough she's a great follow for recipes and just general great food knowledge she's the author of the High Times Cannabis Cookbook and Bong Appetit Cookbook and she's now the brand manager at uh, Satori Chocolates for Canacraft here in California she's, huge. Like the has all of the knowledge. So if you're looking for recipes and, and also just good follows, follow her to follow. A hundred percent. Yeah. And to answer the question about features, excuse me, on a magical butter machine, I, I love a set it and forget it. Yeah. I love an easy cleanup and I love a push a button yeah. and walk away. Mm-hmm. That's it. They had a um a video recently we put on our IG about making a infused um Chicken tenders with Mountain Dew sauce. It's so good. <laughs> so fucking good. And the Mountain Dew sauce was what they actually made in the Magical Butter Machine. Yeah. Was, yeah. Fucking great. Love that. So uh, thank you for writing us. Thank you yeah. for listening. And also, you know, MB. Awesome. Thank you for rocking with us. Yeah. Shout out Magical Butter. At Magical Butter. Uh, should we get to our VIB, our very important bud? Yes, please. He's a good one. He is so fun. John Capetta. We had such a great time with him. So, and, well, no, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, for me, like, you've introduced me to a lot of great people, and I've always been, like, thankful to connect with new folks through you. And for me, Capetta is one of them where as soon as you brought him into my world, I was like, yo, I just want to rock with you. Like, you're such a good dude. You're so smart. You're a great hang. And everything that you stand for, it like fits into my values as well. So I just really want to be friends with you for a really long time. So thank you for bringing Capetta into my world because he's a really cool dude. That's awesome. I, I'm so glad I know him. Like, I, I feel really lucky to know him, too. And so I'm glad that we all connected. Um, he His mind works so fast. And he's just so fun to hang out with. Like, I always feel like when we... Like we just walked out uh, and we're talking on the sidewalk and it started getting dark. And I was like, yeah, we're just enjoying having a freely flowing, ongoing convo that kind of never ends. It never ends. Yeah. yeah. It's like a waterfall. Yo, it's real talk. This is a long. Say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long episode. Uh-huh. And it's because it just goes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry um, to step on your waterfall line. No, that's okay. I was going to say, do you, like, do you want to say anything about stepping out? Stepping out? In the intro, do you want to say anything about stepping out? Of the podcast. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> As you dance Mike. around it and say it for Hello. me. Hello. <laughs> Trying not to like put you on blast, but I'm also like, you weren't here for a minute. So you're like, you're the person who's like behind you. And I'm like, what? And you're like, behind you. <laughs>
And I'm like, I'm sorry, what are you saying? And then you're just like, behind you. It's just like <laughs> the guy in the clown mask. <laughs> um, so in the middle of this interview, I had to step out and take a phone call. And the phone call went on quite a bit longer than I expected. So I just want to apologize to Capetta on pod and all of you and also you mary jane because i ended up dipping in the middle of this conversation and then coming back closer to the end it's, we had a wonderful time we missed you terribly but yes you know my apologies yeah we missed you but, but then you came back all right <laughs> so that was great word and yeah. apparently somewhere in there it turned into a fly yeah it was real fun we but- got super high <laughs> <laughs> i guess you'll hear more about it on this episode without further ado everybody here is john capetta magical butter magical butter How much fun is that? Magical Butter is the best machine for making all of your edibles at home. Let me ask you three questions. Okay. Can I make infused chocolates? Yes. Gummies? Yes. Tinctures? Yes. Oils? Yes. Butter? That was five. (laughs) (laughs) And yes. And you can buy Magical Ghee from MagicalButter.com, and that's Whole30 approved and compliant, so you can infuse your own ghee and then still be on your Whole30 diet. Ooh, that sounds... I'm actually thinking about doing Whole30 again. Well, you should get your Magical Butter machine and get that ghee going. Get that ghee going. Get that ghee going. MagicalButter.com. Use promo code WEEDANGRUB at checkout for 20% off. And check out their Instagram because it is the sexiest food pics I've ever seen. So go to magi- at Magical Butter and peep it, follow it, like it, fave it, comment. <laughs> Lick it, like it, love it. They're good vibes all day. Good people doing good things. MagicalButter.com. Use the promo code Weed and Grub at checkout. Give them a follow and make your own edibles at home, man. Why you know not? What goes into them and it'll feel so good. Yeah, that should be their tagline. Yeah. Magical Butter. You know what goes into it and then you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> MagicalButter.com. Promo code Weed and Grub at checkout will get you 20% off. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Yo, we got a hot one today. We sure do. How are you? I'm feeling frisky. Frisky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Falls in the air. We oh, got a great is. guest. Yeah, we do. He's a homie from another baloney. What? What up, John Capetto? <laughs> That's definitely the first time I've ever got that. Love it. <laughs> Happy oh. to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Would you mind just kind of giving everyone a round down on who you are, what you're about? Birthday. Yeah. Star sign. Sure. So I'm, I'm a Sagittarius. My social is 317. Now, Whoa. actually, that's honestly my favorite My favorite joke that you do is when you put your social up. Like when you, like the, was it the Netflix login or something like that? Yeah, I gave away my Netflix I, password. I was rolling. <laughs> you know uh, what? I'm going to, sorry to interrupt, but like that was such a good thing and everybody got to watch Historical Roast on Netflix and then one person upped my subscription to premium oh and ruined it for everybody wait really yeah because oh, they probably tried to log in and couldn't you have three people streaming or yeah and so what they dick yeah right yeah dick move <laughs> ruined it for everyone yeah. Hit. always always a motherfucker dang yeah well nice deflect um i feel like that's <laughs> yeah, right? you very well john capetta what's up guys <laughs> um so yeah my name is john um i wear a beanie a lot um i like to smoke weed uh quite a bit Halloween. Halloween. Nice um, roll on this fucking joint, by the thank way. Thank you. It's a beautiful cone that you perfectly. Wore. I watched you roll it by hand. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. A lot. You know how to get to Carnegie Hall, right? Mm-hmm. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I am uh, currently the VP of content at High Times and a big fan of the show. So, oh, thank you. Happy to be here. And so we connected nice. when you were on Venice. Working at a... Yes, actually, but that was when I was still at the agency, right? A Fabric. Yeah. 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 You've had a pretty storied career. I'm just trying to tee you up to give a little timeline because you've done some really cool <laughs> shit in your life, man. Pretty storied. It's funny because like, I, I appreciate you saying that because then I look back like every once in a while, I'm just like, I haven't fucking done anything. <laughs> like, what am I... What are you talking about? And then I was about? like, also, 
I mean, can I just say like you're you're young for as much as you've accomplished. Like I'm turning thirty, so I also yeah. feel like I'm not young anymore. But appreciate you saying that. I get that, but but like if there was a Forbes for weed, thirty under thirty, yeah, you'd be on that list. Hell yes, you would. <laughs> Well, thank you guys. I appreciate like a fern, that. fern thirty under thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Between two ferns, thirty under thirty. I might be able to make that one. I have to say, like the first time that the three of us all hung out in the same room, I think was the High Times five hundred live stream that you put together, and that was the first time that I really connected with you. Totally. And you blew my goddamn mind. Well, you were a savior for that, and that was also like how I knew like we were gonna be tight because like I like definitely went to you and was like, hey, like I don't really have much direction here, but I need to lean on you hardcore. Like, Can you just say what it was so everyone listening knows what a feat you pulled off because <laughs> holy motherfucking god like it was incredible so it was the 500th issue of high times and uh, at the time i worked at an agency called fabric media um and we were basically doing the pr and uh, helping with marketing stunts for high times right after the acquisition so the 500th issue was coming up we were trying to brainstorm on cool things that we could potentially do and we had suggested to you guys, <laughs> the intention of somebody <laughs> else guys doing being, it. I was at High Times at the time. Oh, yeah, I was the right? culture editor. I forget. Yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah. In, pre pre weed and grub days. <laughs> um, and we were like, yeah, let's go live for 500 minutes and like show the world like you know the inner workings of High Times because that'd be dope. And like I still stand by that being a great idea. I'll never suggest it again because eight and a half hours of <laughs> or seven, was it seven and a half hours whatever it was 500 minutes of live streaming live. was a lot. It was a lot to pull off, but. Um, it was great because we broke it down to like these 10 minute segments and I had a wonderful host. Mary Jane was our host. Um, sort of. I mean, I was there for some of it. And then at one point you just looked at me and you were like, yo, do you need a minute? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you also, the, my favorite part about it was you were just smoking with it, like with every segment. I smoked with every guest. <laughs> and then, uh, cause it was, I think you had like a break, but then it went into you introducing something then like can assemble, which was like ja the first oh. iteration of the female 50. Um, and obviously it was female five at that time. But, mm -hmm. um, and I just remember like coming off and you were supposed to do something and we had someone, I think it was Pinsky. Like we had someone else someone. there <laughs> and I was like, Mary, like, do you want to, do you want to not do this one? Cause it was like very much at that point, it was like, we were literally, we, I, I know I definitely made a schedule of like, this is what eight hours are going to be like. But after like hour three, it just became like when we could plug things in and you know, stoners, people were late. Like things were just not, there were technical difficulties yeah. we were throwing the live broadcast all around the country. So like we went, we cut to the chef for a second and like, he was doing a presentation, but there was just no audio. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like the only way I had to talk to him at that moment was his cell phone, which is now on the table because he was, you know, trying to do the broadcast. So there was no way to tell him. So I just had to, you know, like, hey, MJ, can we, you want to get on the couch again for a second? And, like, <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'll roll another joint and sit here and spoke with whoever it was. But then, yeah, I'll never forget. I was so grateful because you looked at me and you were like, wow, take a minute. And I put my hood up and I like zeroed it zipped it all the way down and i sat and looked at a wall for like half an hour <laughs> in that tiny little dress yeah <laughs> i was like oh my god i am non-verbal high and then mike showed up yeah well before you like amidst all this chaos when i did show up you were running the floor and you were mm -hmm. making it happen and i saw you like you told me where to go you introduced yourself to me you made me feel taken care of while 
all of this is happening all over the place and you had this like chill demeanor but also like you were executing things at a high level and that's when i was like yo i want to be this dude's friend so calm so nice so fucking professional so i appreciate that because the part i left out of the story was about like two weeks before the event we realized like there had been no real development on making we had t- publicly said we were going live for 500 minutes but like there was no scan so like I called my boss who was coincidentally in like the UK or like Italy at the time. So just basically unavailable. and was like, I don't know if these guys have anything planned. Like we need a backup, like whatever. So he's these like, guys meaning the high times yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah, the, the, the corporate. We're like supposed to do this. The client that we were working for. And he was like, well, you know, we can't drop the ball. So just pick it up. So I spent the next two weeks, like literally day and night calling everyone I could get in touch with from like the high times generation and just trying to figure out how we could take their story or a cool thing they do and turn it into 10 minute segments. Uh, but there was no real way to string it together. Like the glue was MJ. So like, I, again, I could never, I could never <laughs> thank, thank you enough for that. So thank crazy, you, man. Man. It was so cool to work with you on that. And I really feel like, yeah, it was like a special moment in time. Like, well, and then, yeah. And I was just getting to know Mike and yeah. like, that was so cool because I think we'd only met once or twice. That was it. And you just asked me if I'd love to come and I came and I sat on the couch with you. We smoked and then somebody brought a pizza box onto the set and yeah. then I started handing out pizza to the crew on camera and then like a PA came on and like sat with us and we you interviewed him for a little bit. You asked the pizza delivery guy to sit down too. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. I asked, we interviewed the pizza guy for a while. Like uh-huh. it was so fun. You know? True to the high times form <laughs> yeah. of, you know, let's get stoned, let it fly and see what happens. You know, magic, magic come out of that. Yeah. All you got to do is like have pizza guys around. Exactly. <laughs> something, <laughs> something will work out. Fly in a pizza, that'll rescue everything. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. So you were at Fabric. Um, I'm just grilling you to get a timeline because I just think you do cool shit. So you were at Fabric and you were working with mage clients. Um, yeah. So I, honestly, most of my clients, like cannabis was definitely not something that we were shouting from the rooftops at that point. It was definitely something that was uh, like close to my personal life. But like I wouldn't say the agency really was, a you know, by any means a cannabis firm. Um, so... You know, most of our, a lot of our clients were like, you know, companies measuring TV data and stuff like that. And it was Which, like, side note, thank you for your help on all my stuff. <laughs> well, oh, that, yeah. that was actually, I think that's how we really became like real close. Is yeah. I was like, oh, wait, you're doing commercials. Like, let me help you measure them. And yeah. Like, that this, was, you taught me about leverage through analytics. <laughs> there you go. Straight up. That's so valuable. I'm, Huge. Yeah. I'm very glad to have been able to uh, have imparted that. <laughs> And you're here for 10%, right? That's yeah, exactly. exactly. That's actually why I'm on the show today. Uh, I got a new career lined up. Oh, it's called just going on podcasts and, and just collecting checks. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where I really want to be, you know? Mad swagger. The dot, the dot connector. <laughs> so you're at Fabric, and um, but a lot of your clients aren't uh, canicentric. Yeah, and then uh, honestly, like I was kind of... Um, Scooped up. Coached. Honestly, so the fun, the funny story is I was kind of like, I don't want to say having like a crisis or anything like that, but I was just kind of like starved for creativity. Mm. And um, I kind of had talked to my former boss who's like, you know, my, my mentor, one of my like best friends. Um, I was just like, listen, like, I think I need to kind of be in the wind for a while. And, um, you know, through a series of just talking with people around me, um, this whole thing came into, this offer came in from High Times. And uh, obviously High Times is a brand that... Um, I grew up reading, you know, I, I've, I've been a cannabis consumer since I was 12 years old. So like, you know, for my entire life, this has been, or my entire conscious life, um, you know, it's been a brand that I aligned with and something that, you know, I believe represented my, my interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have the opportunity to go over there full time and obviously like lead 
a department like content, which is, you know, so ingrained into the things that I love, um, it was just, you know, I couldn't say no opportunity. Hell yeah. What was it like to get that business card? <laughs> it's really, really awesome. <laughs> it's also funny because like High Times is a brand, like, so I was at Spanibus at the beginning of the year and uh, like older people would come up to me. And I don't mean to say like older, like, like you know, they're so old, but like, you know, 60s, 70s who were like, oh, I've been growing for, you know, for decades and like High Times was one of the first people and like, like one of these guys like actually was like, like tears in his eyes. Like, you know, like you don't know how, oh, yeah. how, how important it is to like meet you. And I was like, dude, like. I was not even born when High Times was starting. Like, I, I'm with you on the fight, but I'm here because I believe that too, you know, not because I'm anyone that matters, you know? So. Yeah. I, I remember being at a cannabis cup with Danny Danko and seeing a, a vet, you, you know, like he was a war vet, and he just said, I'm so happy to meet you. And he shook his hand and his eyes welled up, and Dan was so cool with it, and he sat down and they smoked together. and. It's just really moving. Like, Danny's just the best. Yeah. He's like, I, I can't deal with situations like that. Like, I like, when people like, I, you know, I get worked up and I try and deflect as much as possible. Danny's just super gracious and super like, I, I don't know. Present. He's really yeah. present with every moment, I think. I, exactly. I don't, I don't, I can't put a word on it specifically, but I just feel like he's like, he's genuine. Yeah. Present and genuine are mm -hmm. definitely something that I would say for Danny all, all day. Everyone also, should follow Danny Danko. Yep, at Danny Danko HT. There we go. And also, he's the a icon. hockey player. Yeah. Mike. I know. This you isn't my interview. Out on the ice. <laughs> Wait, you guys know he's also a tagger, right? Like, he used to spray paint semi around Boston. That's like, how I know Claw Money. He's how we, like, connected to Claw. He's got the coolest friends. Legends. <laughs> Legends. I know. Yeah. We were in uh, Detroit, and uh, Darren McCarty, like, came up to him. Holy like, shit. Yeah, like, this dude's won several Stanley Cups. And was like really excited, and like Danny introduced him to me, and then he got like really excited to talk to me, and I'm just like, dude, like I, I grew up watching you. What are you, what are you talking about right now? Wow. Tell me about you. Yeah. Wait, are you from Detroit? No, no, no. I'm from New York, but like, so I. Okay, so my dad was a big hockey guy, but hockey and lacrosse was like really what I grew up on. Like, you know, he would, when he was, I don't even remember what job he had at the time, but like there was a, a period of my life when I was like just coming up where he was getting a lot of professional sports tickets he worked in like telecom so like it wasn't anything like Sweet. super glamorous but like you know this is eight, new york city uh yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah um so like we go to giants games or but like or you know or nick games or whatever but i always used to love going to hockey games because the first time he took me to see it was the devils versus the rangers Ooh, so obviously classic rivals. rivalry wow um as soon as they dropped the puck there was like a brutal brawl <laughs> and like you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I say this, I've gotten into like one fight in my life and I slapped somebody. So I don't, you know, I wouldn't even call it like a fight. I'm definitely not whatever. But for some <laughs> reason that was just always like lit a fire in me. And so I was always super into it. So, um, hell yeah. You know, anybody that's got that kind of like icon status, you, you get familiar. It's like watching NBA now and being like, oh, I didn't know who Jordan was, you know, like totally. I know. Well, especially like growing up in New York, is that where you cut your teeth and you were kind of like, yo, I'm creative as fuck, but I I'm surrounded. I'm in, I'm in the mecca of business. So mm -hmm. let's see how those two things can come together. So it actually started um, when I was a kid. I was really into like I was a scene kid. I was really into like pop punk and shit like that. I was Jumping up and bands. down. Oh fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, cheer up, emo kid type shit. Hold um, up. What was the what was the band? 
so I, we actually we ripped our name. I think it was PSU was the name of the band, but we ripped the name off uh, of the movie, and uh, we called ourselves Everybody Gets Laid because it's <laughs> the great thing to put on the bottom of a flyer, and, and everybody gets laid. You know, like who doesn't want to come to a show that like you know also everyone gets laid at? So um, it's like calling your band Free Beer. Exactly, beer, right? exactly. Yeah. So um, we, I, I was like a terrible bassist, um, and I actually remember like we tried out for Battle of the Bands one time, and like my favorite teacher at school in the high school like just told me like I'm not gonna be a bassist Um, but so like you know we were young and at that point I realized that like most of my friends who were musicians like weren't really good at the other side of things like whether it be booking shows or whatever so like I started like I think I started my first record label and I'm putting up finger quotes when I was like 13 and it was literally because I had friends bands that were putting out music on like pure volume and like we needed ways to get it onto people so it was literally like me going, taking a copy and pasted thing and like putting it on message boards. It was not bad. And that was crazy. But like that was record distribution, baby. You yeah, know, yeah. like that was that was a record label. Um, when you say message boards, you mean like physical message boards where you were no, using thumbtacks no, no. or like GeoCities? Yeah, I mean like okay. GeoCities, like like <laughs> Gen 1. Like, so I, I grew up on a computer. I was never like an outdoor. That's like also probably why I love weed so much. Like <laughs> I was never like a hey, let's go like out and play ball. It was always like, let's, you know, play video game or let's, you know, find whatever. So. Actually, it's funny. Type I said, big naturals into a search bar. <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> you, you got him because you just snorted ash all over the table. Yes. Oh shit! I'm sorry, I didn't that realize that. Perfect. Oh, and I almost I hit the it's table. The all of the faux pas, all the faux pas yes. in one. Well, I can't believe you said that in front of me. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like listen, we were teenage boys. Come on, <laughs> you, it, it, we don't have to go into it, but everyone knows that that's a very you know a. a, a lively time in a young boy's life i'm not trying to get you to backtrack man no, no, no not at all, <laughs> not at all. I just honestly it'd be funny to say were you smoking weed at that time when you um, were like 13 14 so yes um i started smoking weed when i was i think 12 years old was the first time i did it actually the first time i, I did it was i started like really smoking weed when i was like 13 when i first got into high school um and you know it was very much just like a like a a, a side thing you know because like Actually, when I got into really producing events and concerts when I was in college, um, actually the fact that I was only smoking and not like a drunk asshole was actually made me like one of the more responsible people in the room. So at around that point, I was like, oh, I don't need alcohol. Like, you know, like this is I found my thing, I found my intoxicant, my my outlet, whatever. Um, And then I just kind of like stuck to it from there. But when I was a kid, like not that I was ever really big into drinking or whatever, but like, you know, we just did what we could get our hands on. Yeah. You know, it was like, straight up. fuck it. Like, I, honestly, um, I'm pretty sure that the first time I really got drunk was at my cousin's bat mitzvah because we were just going around and taking drinks off of people's tables after they had ordered it, you know? So that Whoa. wasn't like, <laughs> totally. so it definitely wasn't like, a, you know, I was never this conscious, uh, oh, I'm going to get, you know, this is why I'm getting intoxicated until I was in college. And then uh, when I started getting arrested for weed was when I started realizing like, oh, wow, like I keep getting off, you know? And like other people like are not, you know? 
Um, and Were they saying because you would be smoking in public and you would get like a cop coming towards you? Like I got caught a bunch of times. So when I I went to school in SUNY New Paltz, um, mm. and that is I'm this is like a really weird winded story, but um, <laughs> I went to school in Perfect. SUNY New Paltz, and there are like five different type of police officers that are all like that's their territory. There's UPD, but then there's the state troopers because we're right off a highway. There's highway patrol. Um, there's the village police officers. There's the town police officers, and then there's county or something like that. It, it, it was crazy. So anytime they saw a kid driving, it was basically like, okay, who's got... And New Paltz is also a very, like, stoner out there school. Um, I would get pulled over, and, like, my car would get searched, and, you know, when they didn't find anything, because, like, honestly, a lot of times it was in my pants or something like that, you know, yeah. they, just, they just didn't find it. Um, I would get off and it'd be whatever. But, like, then I started realizing, like, okay, like, my one friend was, like, always getting arrested and, like, not being treated the same way. Um, And then I think that's when, like, you know, the idea of cannabis really, like, as activism and as something that's, like, you know, a a basic right is Mm -hmm. something that started to become more to my uh, purview. And, you know, more recently, actually, I I avoided high times uh, for the idea of going into cannabis for a while because... I always knew I'd love it and it'd be so exciting, you know, but um, I also knew that, you know, not everyone's as accepting of it. It's still like a, it's still a very uh, shaded industry or shadow yeah. industry. Um, but part of the reason why I was like, you know what, this needs to happen and whatever is because I was seeing so many people who I don't want to call undeserving, but a lot of people who are just getting into the game now who are like not the people who have been struggling to get here um really reaping the profits and the reward from it and i saw an opportunity to kind of help change that conversation and so like that's honestly like in the more in the last like four years is where i'd say i really started to think more about cannabis as like a real yeah fuck yeah dude you're gonna. No, I mean, I, I, just, I don't like cosine completely. Hundred percent cosine. I, I really there like what you do and how you connect it. Always back like to back rambled. to cannabis culture. You, well, I mean, no, you didn't. You actually made <laughs> the most important ramble. point, which is that you know a lot of the people who are coming into the industry are you know yeah people who severe, really need to sit at the table and listen before they try to do anything. And I've heard a lot of people say that if regulation is really changing cannabis culture not, and not for the better. Well, you know, it's funny because I talk about this a lot with like clients, but. <clears throat> Cannabis is kind of going through this identity crisis right now, you know, because it's going from this like cool to do outlaw, like rappers talk about it thing to like now it's got to wear a suit and pay taxes. Mm -hmm. And that's not cool. You know, like it's it's not. I mean, like, listen, if you're, you know, like going to, you know, the fucking Emmys or something like that and you're in a fucking ball and suit and, you know, whatever. But like wearing a suit and tie to work every day is like, you know, not anyone's. I believe anyone who got like was a cannabis lifer mm-hmm. was their idea of where they were going to end up. And, you know, they were seeing that take form in a lot of different ways. I mean, like, listen, the people like the, the MedMen guys, like they were just dispensary owners a while ago. It's not like they were like some suits who got in. Yeah, they got a ton of money, but like there's also a bunch of brands that are coming to the space where it's, you know, they're ex big pharma or they're ex whatever. Mm-hmm. And those guys know how to build brands and know how to do things that like, you know, really require MBAs. And cannabis is not an, <clears throat> an NBA, an MBA driven industry. No. You know, not only do they <laughs> not, not know what they not know, but they also are not trying to really learn. 
Um, or I don't mean necessarily like they're not trying to learn, but they're like they learn by doing, you know. Well, they they're they're very accustomed to seeing how it is, and so they're coming into this new industry and saying, "Well, this is how it is." And it's it's really interesting to watch that sort of like unfold. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually not how it is, guys. <laughs> exactly, but that's also why there's so much opportunity, you know, because mm-hmm. in like why it's so easy for someone who made a career in like you know music or something like that to come into cannabis and all of a sudden seem like oh they're driving the whole conversation mm-hmm. you know it's like it's a lot of it's smoke and mirrors you yeah know? it's just they know how to work the social or the media look we got trump as president because yeah. you know he knew how to play the media you know yeah but it, it can also backfire like i i remember when i was in yeah, the office in new york yeah <laughs> <laughs> come on exactly my stone brain took a second to catch up <laughs> But I was going to say, like, the backfiring of, like, you know, disavowing the culture. Like, I remember the day that um, we were asked to take down our, like, psychedelic posters and put our bongs away in the New York office. Yeah. In sort of, like, favor of moving into this, like, we work, like, kind of, you know, Apple store clean line space. And we were all like, oh, no, this isn't going to. Yeah. This won't last. And that it didn't, you know. Well, it's and that's, I think, what's happening in cannabis at large. I mean, like, listen, I'm not trying to talk smack about what they did but um that you've seen a bunch of shows i'm sure that mm-hmm. are like you know now that cannabis is super popular trying to plug into it and i'm not talking about like you know excuse me things like that like you make or like things that like you know are created by people of the cu- of the culture right but more things that are like being created looking at the cu- like everyone's trying to create the new cheech and chong the new buddy flip because <laughs> right. they've seen that work so they think that's what cannabis is but like I would argue that Black Mirror is cannabis content. You know, I would argue that uh, what's that movie that just came out? I watched the other day. Joker. <laughs> Honestly, like it can. Would the movie be accentuated from being stoned? Absolutely, hundred percent. All yes. content is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so like saying anything is just specifically stoner content. Ad Aster. Uh, I haven't no. actually seen. Brad Pitt in space. I have. I don't. Looking I don't, handsome, falling into orbit. No, but who's the other guy that got stuck in space? Matthew McConaughey. Johnny Depp. Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Matthew yeah. McConaughey, where he got stuck in between the dimensions or whatever, and yeah. pushed the book off the shelf. Interstellar. Interstellar. John that... Gabrus's favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's the... tell me that's not weed content, man. I mean, like if I could be, in... if I could just anybody can give me a visualization of what it could look like to be in dimensions, in between dimensions, and I'm stoned. You got me. Yes, <laughs> like 100%. that's that's it. Um, so <laughs> I think that like you know we're in this in this time of everyone trying to put cannabis into a box where really we're realizing like. It infuses with everything, you know? It's more like an element than it is its own entity, you know? Um, And I don't know. I just think that, like, it's... I really like what you're saying about people who are looking at the culture as opposed to of the culture trying to make this content because you can't really make anything good if you're just looking at something. Well, and that's... No matter what it is, weed or art or anything. Like, you can't just look at it. Exactly, and that's actually a thing... That's the thing that I think that, like, a lot of these guys don't realize. It's, like, it's because they smoked weed once that they're part of it. And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, like... You know, everyone should look like Shaggy from Scooby Doo or like, you know, walk around in a beanie and long hair like I do. Um, it's just like, you know, there's there are tons of people. The amount of people who like every time we'll post like some LGBT content on High Times, the amount of hate that comes back from it, you know, like a, from our community who don't realize that like not only are gays integral into our society, but like part of the reason we have legalization that we have today is because of their movement back in the AIDS crisis. Yep. So like, <clears throat> It's this crazy, just warped sense of like everyone thinking it's this one way because of what cannabis specifically is to them and who they are, and using cannabis as a way to like try and present themselves. 
um, or what they think the cannabis world is. Yeah. Um, I have to step out real quick. Okay. Continuing the ch- conversation, and I'll jump back in okay. after this call. How long do you think you'll be? Um, as long as I can keep it short. <laughs> okay. That's okay. a good answer. We can get a break. <laughs> we'll have a joint waiting for you when you come back. Oh, there you go. I should, I should start doing that. So at nice. this point, like, have you judged every cup? Have you judged every category? Have you tasted all the things? Uh, I haven't judged every category, um, <clears throat> but I do get a lot of like the best stuff, you know? Because yeah. like when when whoever is the judge, mm-hmm. they always want to show you what they think is the best. Absolutely, you know? that's the most fun of it too. Like we were just. Um, offered some like a Michigan cup winner yeah I mean, like OG lemon kush I can't even remember what it was but yeah. it was like the most delicious it was, yeah it's so special to get that like it's so well they're so proud and yeah you need I needed help when I judged like I, I needed to sit down with some friends did I you hear about Oklahoma myself. what we had 83 entries for indica for Oklahoma <laughs> they literally divided the kits they were like okay these people are going to judge uh, the first half and these people are going to judge the second half because they couldn't give it was they had two weeks which is longer than you know usually is yeah it's usually a week and they had eight, they had 40 something entries to go through like if you have 40 something indicas like in two weeks you have 14 days like i can't do you know no i can't do three indicas a night like yeah I mean, I, you could if it's you know i had 27 sativas once when we were in amsterdam and like four days to do it and i basically had a sustained panic attack for four days i just like the amsterdam cup is a gauntlet now. lapping canals and just like trying to breathe deeply and just like get back to the hotel it was so fucking intense it was really amazing but it was also for me a lesson in like exactly what i could tolerate that's so. Uh, one of my games that I play is every time I go to a cannabis cup. I so maybe it's because I'm a New Yorker and like this was never available to me regularly. But um, I really like the fact that you can drink THC now. And so I, I, every time we do a cup, I'll go and find whoever's got like the weed fruit punches, especially like the ones that like like look trappy. You know where you're like not. Oh, ju- like the, the lean. Yeah, where you no not not just, <laughs> weed lean. Not necessarily the lean, but the ones where like it says it has 250 milligrams in it, but it might end up with like 650 milligrams. <laughs> in it, you know, like that, like that kind of thing. Yeah, you like walking that line. I, so I I love going up to them and just being like, all right, I'm gonna buy one of these right now. But this should put me on my ass. So like, if I come back in a couple hours, like you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have a talking to. You know, I never actually like call anybody out on it, but like mm-hmm. I'm always still standing, like always still standing. Whoa, with this, hundreds of milligrams in your body. Hundreds. This one person told me they had a thousand milligram drink. I was like, there's no way you're selling this for that for twenty bucks and you're making money off a thousand milligram drink. I was like, I'm gonna buy this, and there's no chance that I'm gonna come back here and uh, what's it called and talk to you. Yeah, if yeah. Whatever. I was like, to but I guarantee. Back. Yeah, I guarantee I'm gonna see you by the end of the day saying like, yo, that thousand milligrams is like a thousand weak milligrams. And uh, listen, I've done about a thousand milligrams before where just like, you know, I've had a collection and I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. The thing they don't tell you about consuming that much THC now, especially with sugar, is you have to take eat like a kilo of THC of sugar to get there. So the milligrams of THC are offset by this raging sugar high that you have that just like will not go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last time I did that, it was like we had worked like four cups in a row. It was my first weekend off in a while. And I had all this, I had all these edibles just sprawled out on my floor. And I was like, all right, today I'm making a cereal bowl. And I just poured all of these different things in one thing. And I just went nuts. Um, I have never vacuumed my room. I've never cleaned my room that thoroughly. Um, I vacuumed my bed. Like I like I, Google told me it was a good idea. So like, like you took the sheets off and I vacuumed took the, the sheets mattress? off. I was like, I don't, how do I get it super clean? I want to, whatever I, I was doing my sheets at that time. 
And I was like, the, so the bed was already stripped. And I was like, I, I was vacuuming the rest of my room. I was like, I should vacuum my bed. When was the last time I vacuumed my bed? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and when, when's the last time anyone listening vacuumed their bed? I have never vacuumed I, my bed. I didn't know it was it was needed, but I Googled <laughs> I it. And Google was like, yeah, you should vacuum your bed every six months. And I was like, all right, thank you, Google. And like, literally, like, like a manic lunatic i'm go running around my bed and like you know it's not really the thing keeps getting stuck on the bed because the beds aren't mattress aren't really designed to be sucked at that you know level it's just it was i it wonder was if tough. present you could see that that you if you would be like just moving super slow-mo like you felt like you were moving fast and doing everything in real time but you were it's I totally you possible were slowed down at all from that like heroic dose i mean i can't Tolerate much more than twenty five milligrams. I Wait, really? Yeah, edibles. Yeah. How often? How often do you smoke weed though? Uh, I probably take like a day or two off a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's not. So my thing is, I just consume so much that most of the time that like, when I'm like, if I'm eating edibles, I'm all not stopping smoking. You know. Well, so I don't like, smoke a lot when I do smoke. That's yeah. Like my tolerance has never been high. Oh well. And, okay. Yeah, well, but I'm maybe. racing. I macro dose. Yeah, <laughs> I macro dose all day long. Um, no, no, not all day long. Like, listen, if I'm in the office or whatever, I definitely um, have to get things done that I could use my full brain for. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, if I'm writing or something like that, then like, you know, yeah, I'll definitely hit a sativa. Um, it really, you know, it depends on what my workload is yeah, uh, yeah. for all the stuff we've had around the female 50 when i've been like writing bios and stuff like that so that's celebrating the top 50 women in cannabis right now so um you remember the women of weed event mm-hmm. um we are trying to take that torch and carry it a little bit more I- inclusively mm-hmm. so think instead of just executives and activists many more doctors influencers um government officials, people who like, like all the different walks of these people. We did a public nomination period and uh, got 7,500 nominations. Whoa. Um, so I had to, that came out to 35, around 3,500 people mm-hmm. um, who I then had to go and research and figure out who exactly they so were. This fly is like hanging out I'm with like, us. I'm so sorry. No, I'm like it's, excited to see what picks like up. our guest host. <laughs> Mike. Mike stepped outside happens? and turned into a fly. <laughs> a giant fly. It's, this is a new Dunkin' Donuts commercial. <laughs> What's up, Mike? Um, <laughs> you're really looking at us. It's so fucking crazy. He likes this good weed. Yeah, That's it's really. Good what weed. is this weed anyway? So this is Fig Farms. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love Fig Farms. Yeah, they're a guys. cannabis cup winner. Aren't they the guys who won the first cup they ever entered? He only had like an ounce of flour or a pound of flour to enter. So I'm glad that you know that story. Uh, you should pick up the most recent issue of High Times. Obviously, hey. I'll give you one. Um, because I did a nice little profile on them. We're starting this new series called The Brand Spotlight, which is, um, I mean, listen, you know how the media business works. Like, we definitely have to write stories sometimes that we don't always love. Uh, the Brand Spotlight is a is a, a feature in each magazine going forward that is written, uh, it's a totally earned section mm-hmm. um, that is written by a rotating cast of our editors um, about a brand that we really love. Cool. So the first one that we're doing is about Fig Farms, and it's in the issue that just hit stands, I think, two days ago. Nice. And yeah, I remember that story because I was at the Cannabis Cup where he won, and he was so, he was like, I am, I am a... Uh, a representative of the fact that you can enter the high times cannabis cup as like a, a the little guy 
and win if you have the best weed. So the funny thing it's is, it's not about the money or the like how big your company is. It's uh, just one dude, right? One the sales rep at the time had introduced me to him when he first came there um, because he was like, "You really need to see the weed." Um, it's like, you know, it's super fire. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went and like we talked the first day and then the second day, like I had seen the thing. So I knew who was coming mm -hmm. and I saw him standing at his booth. Uh, and this is right as the award show was starting. So I was walking over and, and I was he like, has a really tiny operation, right? Yeah, it's literally like, so you'll, in the story that we talk about, um, you know, he talks about the fact that like that was there was a single plant. Um, right. he like, he it flowered in his laundry room. Like he like, he <laughs> took, he took most of it had to enter to the cup. And mm -hmm. then like, I think he had like, I think it was like 25 eighths or something like that afterwards to sell at the cup. But that was like all he had. And that was his uh, rest of his money. Um, and he won and it like it not only did it was obviously that it help him sell everywhere and whatever and he was already selling out so it wasn't like you could see the quality of this bud it's not like you know it, it was a surprise mm -hmm. um but uh like he got his net new warehouse because the landlord had saw that he had won a cup and was like yo congratulations of course i want you to have this warehouse like Whoa. i would love to like hope you the home award winning bud do you know what i mean amazing like, yeah so like it's it's funny because there's a lot of surprising things that come out of winning cannabis cover just being involved in it and keith is just such a great guy that um keith and and chloe uh, or sorry so uh, yeah chloe um they're just they're fantastic that's so great i love those stories but you've done a ton of like celeb interviews too with high times right yeah so here's the thing i also i don't like being on camera so mm. that's really my thing you're behind like, the scenes guy I, yeah i just I, I when i hear myself I don't like that, but like it's it's not so bad. Mm -hmm. But when I see myself, then it's just like I go into like a, it's the Jewish neuroses. Mm -hmm. um, but so what I've been doing is just also because like you know we're we're trying to get a specific type of content, and every like and you know how it is working with talent. Like they all want to mm -hmm. talk about the thing they want to talk about, so it's like trying to drive the conversation. Um, but I found success in doing this kind of style of interview where like I stand right next to the camera guy <laughs> and then we talk to whoever it is. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I'm comfortable and mm -hmm. you know, the artist gets, you know, the full frame. So it's, it's wins all around. And I'm sorry, is this? No, it's perfect. The up? ASMR is the, uh, grind, the fig Ooh, farms. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Ooh. Oh, some fine fire fig farms flower. Ooh. And also an alliterative <laughs> yeah. moment from me, um, being ground up. What's the do you know the name of the strain? So this is Sunrise Fig 51. Mm -hmm. um, and when I went to... So the fun thing about fig is they'll pop a ton of seeds at a time. And like they know loosely like what the genetics are and stuff like that. But they know that each seed is different. So when they're popping them, they'll literally get a whole room and, you know, label this is black, uh, plant one, this is plant two, this is plant three. Mm -hmm. And she's just a whiz with the flowers. Like she's literally in there just talking to them, and, you know, like uh. figuring out which is the right ones. And like they, the first time I saw that, or first time I was there over the summer, um, I got a little bit of it and they were just like, it's a special flower. And I loved it. And I went the second time and I was like, I, how do I get as much of this <laughs> as humanly possible? Have you ever grown your own? So as, it's funny that you mentioned that because actually one of the things, um, we're going to do this thing with advanced nutrients um, later. This, shout out Big Mike. <laughs> shout out Big Mike. Um, business outlaws. The first weed mogul that I ever really met when I came to Los Angeles. And so for anyone listening, Big Mike is the head of advanced nutrients. And, and you know his story, right? His story is amazing. I mean, he was underground for a really long time. And then he... Um, he was one of the advanced nutrients was always the high times his like biggest advertiser and but he was just this sort of like shadow world figure and then he's made himself into like a legal marijuana mogul here in LA the first 
time I went over to the marijuana mansion when I got here, I'd moved to Los Angeles from New York and I'd been in like the High Times office in New York and at a time when, you know, Danny Danko would be blindfolded and put in the back of a car to be yep. driven to a grow. Like I came from a time at High Times when they were like, everyone was writing under a pen name because it was, you know, dangerous to use your real name. Still and then, dealing with that. Yeah. And then to come to LA and to go to this like marijuana mansion with and meet Big Mike, who is very big. Uh, very big. <laughs> yeah, just, he's, he's, he's like, he's the Damblesarian of weed. I he's was, totally. I, I don't want to throw that, the, the negative female stereotypes in there, sure. but like, you, you get what I'm saying. Totally. I absolutely do. Yeah. There were definitely like bikini models in the pool when I went and uh, it was definitely just such a trip though, to be like, oh, there's this whole world of people coming online in this new cannabis economy. Cause that was like 2016. Mm, so yep. things were, you know, really just kind of like. Grow. I mean, it's things have so exploded in the past three so years since I got here. It's wild. So exploded, but that's also like what's scary about it is like first of all, the windfall of cash has not even begun. When the federal ban lifts, we we think a three billion dollar investment from Altria is crazy. Like when the, the federal ban lifts, it's going to be three hundred billion that day. What you do you know? what do you forecast for that? When do you think it'll happen? Honestly, so I've been joking about this recently, but like the more I think about it, the more I think it's actually legit. Um, I think Trump is going to legalize weed. I think he's going to get to the point where he realizes he needs to do something for the youth and he just doesn't think about decisions before he makes them and is so ego-driven that he's going to be the guy that legalizes weed. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen in 2020, like for him trying to whatever. I also am not a Trump fan by any means, but I think the Democratic Party doesn't really have a shit together enough to beat him right now. <laughs> so um, I think may, it might happen in the future, but I definitely, I think it's going to come with him. And I think it's going to be a rash decision where like he's going to get convicted of fraud or something like that. And so he's going to be like, oh, fuck it. Look over here. Weed's legalized. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't disbelieve it. I, I can definitely see that as a kind of a weird nightmare scenario in which something great happens. Exactly. To like, hide something terrible going on. But here's the crazy thing. Like, so you know about the Last Prisoner Project, right? I, tell me. So I love The Last Prisoner Project because so the biggest problem with the legalization movement as it is, is yes, we're making all these advancements and we're creating, we're avoiding situations in the future. But retroactively, in most cases, no one's going back and letting these prisoners know, hey, like what you did is not illegal anymore. And right. you can get your record expunged or whatever. Um, so what The Last Prisoner Project is, is a nonprofit just specifically around raising money for these people to A, figure out who they are and notify them, and then B, help pay their legal fees. Because like, look, the easiest way to get swarms of people out of jail at one time is for the state to just be like, hey, this is who we have in prison for things that are not illegal anymore. But Which is, so, is currently happening in California to some degree. Yeah, correct? and there's also some, like in some states, they're doing things where they're like first giving licenses out or whatever, but mm -hmm. like... There's a lot of people that are getting left behind. There are yeah. pe plenty of people who are still in jail for cannabis crimes in California. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that all of them, you know, there are plenty of people who got in, were involved in cannabis, but then there were violent crimes attached or something like that. Mm -hmm. So to, to specify... Non-violent, low-level cannabis crimes. Yeah, exactly. It's mm -hmm. people who got, like, who got life because it was a mandatory minimum in their backwards-ass state. And then, you know, now all of a sudden, like, like places like Oklahoma. Oklahoma right. is... Three years ago, you got caught with an eighth. You could spend years in jail. Now, if you have an OMA medical card, you can smoke weed anywhere that they could smoke cigarettes. Yeah. That's the best law in the country, and it's in the reddest legal state thus far. That's crazy. Which, like, I guess, you know, there's also... 
you know, they can't take our rights kind of thing. Like I, yeah. I respect, like they're legalizing their way. And you know, that's like, that's important too. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully that also like, you know, motivates places like Texas. Like I'm sure Texas can grow some great weed. You know, like they definitely have enough space for warehouses. Yeah, like, some of our, some of our listeners are in Texas and they send us shots of like beautiful nugs that they have. I, that's actually one of my favorite parts about working at high times is every day I get random emails throughout the day of just mm -hmm. people's crop. Yeah. And like, Bud porn. They're so beautiful. It's awesome, isn't it? It, it like, it's, it's really mind-blowing too because like it also like i forget sometimes i'm just like how did i get this you know is that like, still in the magazine is there still best of the crop yeah, in yeah, the yeah. back we, yeah we do um it's actually one of the things or picks that, of the crop one of the things that i'm working on long term is i want to and you know we're little by little doing it but i run an ad every month to, that calls for it um i want to get the community more involved in the production of the magazine mm -hmm. so like maybe that's a process of um having like doing grow updates from around the country or something. Can I just say like right now that you're sure. using the tip of your eyeglass frames to pack this joint and I, it's giving me a, a moment of great pleasure. I more, just have to call it out. More ASMR? ASMR. I think we, we could probably hear you rolling on the table too. Oh, It's the fattest cone. It's so great. And I look, you took your glasses off and I was like, what is he doing? But you're packing the joint. Packing the joint. It's amazing. I, I tried to, I didn't have a good pen in my bag before, so. <laughs> That's, that's how we ended up. Ooh, sorry, Archie. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 no worries at all. I have no idea what I'm talking about anymore. This this weed is really good. Uh, it's so fucking good. You're talking about getting the cannabis or getting the community involved oh. in the magazine. Yeah. So I have this dream, and it's called the Weirdos of High Times, um, or the, the working title is the Weirdos of High Times. Um, and I think that like all of us are. So I think we talked about this before on the podcast, but um, you know everything about High Times or everything about the cannabis community is like you know it's authentic in what it is. Mm -hmm. You know. And with everyone trying to kind of continue to tell ta cannabis what it is or try and put it in this box, I think uh, showing all of the different people involved in a way that, you know, they don't really have, like, like people in middle America don't have the same access to media outlets, you know, as mm -hmm. people in LA and New York. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that in the sense of like, obviously they could email us, anyone could email us, you know, but like, I have random friends in town in LA or in New York who will hit me up with tips and things like that. So um, I want to start giving a, more of a voice to those people who are kind of just out there doing their thing, especially in places that are not mm -hmm. really comfortable with it yet. What's up, Wisconsin? Uh, what's <laughs> like, up, Wisconsin? Like, there's also like, like yeah, Africa. What's going on in Africa? Like, I, I, hey, if anyone from Africa is listening, I would love to hear about what weed is like where you're at. Yeah, what's and, going on in Cape Town? Yeah, you know, and like, like give those people a voice. And obviously, like, you know, we've been around for a long time. We're, most of the people that have worked in the the vast majority over the years probably have written with a name that is not actually their own, you know? So right. like, we're not shy about obfuscating identities. Um, but let's talk about what's going on in your community. Cause one of the things that like high times, the lifeblood of high times was activism, you know? And the yeah. thing that I hear all the time from people like Mila Jansen or like, you know, like Dennis Perron's partner, John Entwistle is that the thing that really drew people to high times back in the day and what crafted the community, the community that we know and love is high times involvement just by bringing these people together i understand that you're also having been in the media industry for long enough you understand to some degree the way that the sausage is made you know and sure. like that like how some of these deals get made and how people are involved in things um but also like there are plenty of people and the reason why i really believe in this industry and the people that i want to win more than anyone are not the suits you know it's the mom and pops who like like fig are creating this great craft cannabis and like these little silos across the country mm -hmm. who are 
at risk of being washed out when, you know, the giant guys come in and like, you know, men take up all the profits. Yeah. They can't afford to be in the industry in a lot of, you know, in California, I know right now, like, I don't even know what it costs to launch a brand in California, but there's no room here for someone who's just really great at growing weed to enter the current legal market. It, it, that's, that's the thing. And to be totally honest, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but I've heard that if you want to have a fully compliant brand and like do the process, it's, it costs over a million dollars. I was just going to say, it's got to start at a million, just given what they have to go through. How do you expect, like, like what, uh, think about it, like what other business has that barrier to entry? And not only that, but it has that barrier to entry after telling people for decades, this is a terrible substance that's going to ruin your life, mm -hmm. but wait, now we can make money off of it. So like pull the rug out. Don't tell the guys that are still in jail because we're making money off of them making license plates or whatever, you yep. know? And then like, let's fucking, let's, I mean, actually I will say, I think the for-profit prison industry and like the license plate business might've, uh, reposition itself i don't like i don't know if they're making license plates anymore th that was the thing though that was definitely a thing <laughs> oh definitely and a thing like, that, like, yeah that to me now they're a... probably writing code or something you know you know I, to be honest <laughs> troll farms are america's prisons if we were teaching prisoners to code i hope i will you know i'm just think yeah. about how fucking far we get we might beat china you know, we yeah. could like, it might be dangerous. For, you know, might not teach all the prisoners to code, you know, it might not be like, you know, like the ones that are already hackers, don't give them more advice, Yeah, you know, like, but like, <laughs> don't let them near any computers. Yeah. But yeah. if we can like teach, like, actually there was a really great thing that I saw, I think it was on now this or something like that. It was years ago, but it was about this homeless guy who like went to a hackathon or something like that. And like one of the guys who was running it, like took an interest in him and like helped him. And then like he ended up developing an app and like, you know, I don't think that like it made him rich or anything like that, but like you know, give this guy purpose, yeah. you know, and like that, like give them be, skills that could be life changing yeah. for people, you know, um, some of the best skills I ever learned were like hardcore, just like learning how to wield a knife on a fish boat or like, you know, things that right? stood me in good stead. How to, it's like how to fix a flat tire, yep. you know, things how to that change like, the oil in my car. I don't know how to do Practical. that. So, yeah. I don't know if I could do it in the current car that I have, but I learned on like an old Mazda pickup and it's pretty straightforward. So that's the thing. <laughs> I drive a Prius now and Ooh, yeah. all of my shit was, you know, my dad's old cars and stuff like that. Well, not yeah. old. Do you like, even know how to pop the hood on a Prius? I like, know how to pop the hood, but I don't know. Like, have you seen what, what's in the, under the hood? It's a computer. It's, it's a giant, like, like everything is closed. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, a, not that everything's closed, but like, it's like a giant battery basically. And yeah. just, stuff is happening in there, but you can't see what it is. I know. I wish that I like I loved I felt so powerful when I got my license when I was in my 20s because I like just never drove but where are you from Can I'm Canadian I grew up in Newfoundland and then right. I was in Montreal and then I was in Europe for a long time and I was just always in places with public transport and like yeah. living in the city and so I didn't have to learn how to drive until I moved to Alaska and um, I was working on a fishing boat and the skipper of the boat when we arrived in Alaska was like, okay, you have to grab the truck and go and pick up groceries. And I was like, oh, dude, I don't drive. And so he taught me how to drive on the spot. Stick Holy shift, shit. gravel parking lot in Alaska. Holy shit. I fucking T-boned someone else in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Never lived it down. Like, it was it was just a crazy way to learn how to drive. But he also taught me how to change the oil and all of that kind of cool stuff. And it was so empowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt great to be able to do that. And I think especially as a woman, like, when you you know you drive stick shift and change your own oil. It's, I it's cannot drive special. a stick shift. So, you know, yeah. you have more man points than me right there now. Well, just, well, but I don't, it is so traditionally masculine. But it's just really, like, it just feels good to be good at something and feel empowered in that way. I feel like and there's now also I hate that people, I can't do that. I drive automatic and don't know how to fucking change my oil. There's also people who feel like that's not driving. Like, driving 
driving automatic. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, oh, you're really like you're really driving now, as if like a computer making one less decision. You're just steering. Really <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you're not actually driving. Well, I mean, have you seen the Teslas though? Like they, some of them well, drive themselves. It's like I you just know. saw one park itself the other day on a friend's Facebook feed. He Wait, was like, really? now they do this, and I was like, oh no, it's the fucking rise. It's the yeah. I didn't know they parked themselves, but I have. Have you seen them dance? Teslas? Yeah. So the, the what the fuck are the you talking mod, about? <laughs> the Model T or whatever, or the the second, the SUV one mm-hmm. with the gullwing doors. Okay. They have uh, it's like Christmas mode or something like that, and it'll start seeing. Um, I don't know which one it is, but like it blasts the sound system and it makes the doors go up and the lights flash and like the whole the the doors open and close and like it's whole like little dance. So when we're done with this, what the I'm gonna hell? show. You. It's it's fantastic. Is it? It's so here's the thing. Isn't you only it do like it once. Black Mirror scary. You, you only do it once. Like right. it's not the kind of thing where. You're like, oh my god, let's go carol this around around the community. <laughs> I would know? just do it every time I walked up to the car. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's, it's, so so they have like all of these like hacks inside of it too, where you can like there's one like I think it's a Mario Kart thing where you make it like it looks like you're driving on Rainbow Road instead of like showing. Oh, on the, the screen map. display. Yeah. Um, so like they have like you know fun Easter eggs like that, but this one is just like the most out of control because it like actually moves the wings and everything. Like that. Oh it's my great. god, it's great. We did. Uh, we were. Where the fuck? Oh, it was Hall of Flowers. So yeah. Hall of Flowers. I saw you there. You had your Tesla. Yeah, we got the Tesla. We rented the Tesla because we thought, oh, this will be fine. It was like the same price. So we did it on Turo. It was like the same price as a regular car. So we were like, okay, yeah. What we forgot was okay, that you have... sound. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what uh, we forgot was that you have to uh, charge it. Right, you gotta plug it in. Yeah, so we drove it from Oakland to Santa Rosa, and, and like, <laughs> I saw you when you pulled in. <laughs> we were like, "Oh, we got like four miles to uh, to find a charger." Like, hope we found it. Then we found one, and what we didn't realize is there's a difference between like regular chargers and superchargers. So like, we plugged it in for like a half hour, thinking, "Okay." Like the guy told us, "Oh, 40 minutes." Like the battery's like almost gone. Mm-hmm. So we charged it for 30 minutes. We came back, and it had only gone up like 30 miles. So oh, we were dang. like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, so we drove from a regular charger to the supercharger. <laughs> oh, man. There's a Tesla charging station on the way to Las Vegas in the desert. Have you seen that? It's one of the no. gas stations. And it's it was such a crazy moment. I felt like, um, what is it called? The Uncanny Valley. You know, like the yeah, AI yeah, yeah. moment. Because it was a gas station. and But I was as far as the eye could see, it was like, chargers. I want to say it was like 100 Tesla chargers set up just out in the desert. And it just Do you know was, about Tesla? No. I wonder if that's like the hub of Tesla because what Tesla is is they'll drive Teslas back and forth from locations like that. So like it's like supposed to be like a clean way to travel. Mm. Um, so I think it's like a hundred bucks or something like that. But like they'll pick you up. Uh, I think there's like two two trips a night or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they pick you up. They'll obviously have four people in a car or whatever and drive you from either Las Vegas to LA and back. I wonder if that's like one of their hubs. Weird. It is really weird because my thing was. And like, Wait, so, so I can just like, it's, it's like can, an Uber kind yeah, of situation? It's, it's like an Uber, but it's more like, think of like a bus, but like they, they're trying to do like electric buses. So it's probably like, I, what I would imagine it is, and I don't think that they own all the Teslas, it's probably like, oh, they lease these, like like Uber style, where they lease the cars from the owners. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, you're not, or Turo style, I should say. You're not using this today? Let us fucking do a Tesla. I need to ask you because you brought up, what is this, Turo? Turo, yeah. Never heard of it. It's you never heard car- of Turo? No. So Turo is like, you get to use other people's cars. So it's... Oh. I don't know. I just feel like you're super good at, like, you're telling me about Turo. You told me about Skip Lag. You, you always have the, like... <laughs> I like the, hacks. The hack. I like hacks. What's a, what, how did that, like... And travel hacks, too. Are you a traveler? Um, yeah, so I've always been a traveler. Um, so I guess, honestly, like, a lot of my savvy comes from my dad, who just... 
my mom, so my mom's Jewish, so she loves a deal. So there's always like the how, how do I save money? Mm-hmm. But then my dad is was always like, I don't want to say working the system because it's not right, but like knowing how to talk to the customer service reps to sure. get like upgrades, creative like, you know, workarounds kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff was always interesting to me. And like skip lag, they heard because like skip lag got sued by the airlines, and then the, the and they won. Yeah, right? the judge threw it out. Was like this is no, of course they can do this. Like it's available, they're selling it. Oh, okay, so nothing's wrong. Yeah, because um, the so basically the planes were trying to like create it, the, or the airlines were trying to keep their monopoly a monopoly going where they get to set their prices and then skip lag is buying the empty seats and selling them at a discount no, right so they're not buying them so the way the skip lag works it's actually if you, there's a flight because they it set, saved me so much money by the way oh no i've it, used it so many times it's wonderful since you and told me about it it's the way that it actually works is instead of you if you are saying flying to new york okay um your flight to new york is has to be a set price you know mm-hmm. or like it has to be around a set price for the airline to like make money even if they know that that seat plane is almost empty they need to keep it around that same price it's the same reason why they don't do they also don't want to train people to think they can get last minute deals so it's the same sure. reason why they don't do like i've always said if i could go to the airport right now and have like a list of places like i don't have to work tomorrow if i could have a list of places that were like hey for 45 bucks you can go here tonight they do that have that in europe Really? Yeah, with like Ryanair and all sorts of discount oh, yeah. airlines where you can just show up and be like, 10 quid to fly to Paris today or whatever. That, you see that awesome. That kind of thing's awesome. You know, I know the airlines don't do that because they don't want to train people. So same reason mm-hmm. with this. Apparently in the 80s, travel agents used to do this too. They'd go and they'd figure out like, okay, so you're going to New York, but actually New York is a popular fly, uh, uh, layover destination for Puerto Rico flights. Puerto Rico flights are lower cost. So let's look at Puerto Rico flights with a layover in New York, and it actually might be cheaper. So, and then you just get off in New York. Exactly. So you don't get on the second leg. So the same person who's just booking that direct flight is paying more than you, which is crazy because <laughs> like nuts. you're actually saying, hey, I'm getting two flights for the price of one and paying less for it. It's the airline's st- stupid math and their like desi- lack of desire to change mm-hmm. that causes this broken system, but it's broken to exploit. So yeah. like, why would we let, why would we pay more for the same flight? You know, like it's just, it just, it, it, I'm not, it's against my principles. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. Yeah. The, the hacking thing is just like literally, like if I find something that can get you from point A to point, like that's, that's what I really like doing is getting from point A to point B in this mm-hmm. amount of time. So, like figuring out, like I, when I was in college, that my roommate called me a map maker because whatever I'd do is he'd like, he'd need something, he'd be like, what's this? And I'd just be like, this is what, do it this way. And mm-hmm. you know, then eventually he'd get there. Um, so if I can figure out something that gets me to, from A to B in that shortened amount of time, like that's super exciting for me. You the know? map maker? The map maker, yeah. What a cool like alias. Like, yeah, well it was also we were like trying to be DJs at the time. So yeah, was that was your name. DJ name? No, my DJ name was DJ Acapetta. <laughs> like, you should be the map maker. I think. You should be. I like the map maker, but I thought Acapetta was funny because it's very, I, so I'd just been to Italy and uh, Capella or uh, Chapella or whatever is like it's like church is basically the same thing as my last name just with L's instead of T's so I was over there and I was like oh Capella and I was like oh acapella that's a word in English like there you go that works but it wasn't the funny part about it was I always DJ'd with somebody else so it was never just me you know so it was like (laughs) it was like so-and-so and DJ acapella yeah or acapella acapella nice what do you have coming up? Tell me about things that are going on in your future. Um, There's like events. Oh. Gal- gal- I was just about to say events galuli, and I don't know why, but events galore. <laughs> well, did we talk about the Cleos? Did they type about the Cleos? 
Tell me. Uh, you know what the Clios are, right? No. Okay, so the Clios are like the Emmys of advertising. Oh shit. Um, it's that's the most coveted award in advertising and marketing. So like you know, uh, I can't think of an award specifically that win it, but won it. But like you know, the when ad campaigns win an award, that's what they get. So for the first time ever, High Times is bringing the Clios to cannabis, um, and we're looking at the past two years, and we are working with um, their organization and a team of expert jurors for people like Evan Goldberg, who's uh, Seth Rogen's writing partner, people oh, like yeah. um, people, actually, I guess I shouldn't call him Seth Rogen's writing partner, like uh, the guy who wrote super bad. Oh, um, yeah. So they're adjudicating uh, we cannabis ads from the past two years yeah. from like the entire industry, yes. print so, and like everything. Print, or? video, we have advocacy campaigns, we have best use of an influencer, we have brand designs, there's all sorts of things. Wow. And, and uh, industry as nascent as ours, you know, like for some of those things, like for, okay, so it's also digital slash mobile. There's no mobile campaigns really. Maybe Ease did a mobile campaign yeah, or mobile something like that. Campaigns. But like, but like in other industries, like that's part of it, you know. Sure. So we have to apply the same lens. Yeah. Um, I get ads hopefully. in my IG story. It makes me nuts. But like if, it, if it was weed, I'd look at it all day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's so that, no. If I got weed, cannabis ads, you know those pop up ads in yeah, the IG yeah, yeah. story, the sponsor content. Like if I got a weed ad there, I'd be mm, delighted. That's what I mean about it being a brand safe category. You know, like their brands should be able to pay Instagram and Facebook to reach an over 21 person who could consume their products. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason With why. a responsible ad that shows, exactly. you know, responsible consumption or whatever, yeah. Exactly, now the only argument that I would see against that is the fact that people lie about their age on the internet. Sure. But. They also can see porn and alcohol. That was gonna be my thing. I was <laughs> like, lying about my age on the internet since I was 11 years old and yeah. I realized that there are naked people on the internet. You if know? they like, are lying about their age and then they say weed, that's the best option that they could possibly see of any content. Exactly. You know, like, like violent, you know, pornography or, or or 4chan or some crazy not, yeah. you know about 4chan right i do okay i stay away i mean i know about it in a sense that like I oh know no what I'm, it not, is and... I'm not i'm not assuming I, oh. I wasn't accusing you of being a lurker on 4chan <laughs> mj <laughs> so we just had, i'm back at the right time oh, we just uncovered that mj is actually behind pizzagate no so. way uh, really listen, it's in a basement it's in dc look into it uh, I don't need to. I'm talking to the source. <laughs> Tell well, we me. We found about out it. while you were gone. Actually, while you were gone, a fly came in, pretended to be you, oh, sat yeah. at your microphone, and then left. So we well, weren't sure if it was you or not. So wow. Nice changing we back it was in a your human commercial. Nice changing back in your human form. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. And um, I found out while you were gone that John's. Um, Alias or nickname, the coolest <laughs> ever. He was the map maker. The map maker? Isn't that fucking boss? It was, it was boss? a suggested uh, DJ name when I was in college, and I ended up going with it, but I always like thought it was cool. Map maker is fucking cool. It's so it's like a fucking like a movie. It's a, I can see a whole superhero. I know that I missed a lot, um, and we're are we we've got to kind of wind down mm -hmm. here. So I know that I came in at the end. Can you tell a story about when you weren't here? Uh, like what, what I was doing? Yeah. No. Or make something up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can make something up, Mike. Come on. Oh, I, oh well, it's, he it's tough. He turned into a fly. And flew yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just hard because, like, for me, like, I love a good salad buffet, mm -hmm. but I'm not allowed at any of them anymore. So I'm just, like, kind of cold calling most of the sizzlers in the area, <laughs> trying to plead my case and explain why I should be allowed back at their salad bar as a paying why, customer. Do you want to say why you were banned? Did you know those plates don't break against the wall? They bounce. <laughs> that is actually a personal injury lawsuit waiting to happen. You need those plates to break. Otherwise, they could Absolutely. bounce right back, smack someone in the head, knock them out. 
<laughs> and there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As Mike found out the hard way. <laughs> was it the si- beware of sizzler plates, the flying sizzler plates. <laughs> yeah. Sizzler gate. Sizzlergate, you know, we got 4chan expert over here. We can get, we can get down there. That's what's up. Um, can we, can you bring us home? I feel like this isn't my story to tell. <laughs> um, I want to know what else you have coming up that we can look no, forward to. Sorry. And also where people can find you. Um, so I'm at John Capetta on pretty much everything at J O N C A P P E T T A. Um, and coming up, um, we have a, I'll be at the bud tender. Well, this is, you know, uh, not going to come out <laughs> by this weekend. Um, I will be... We're dropping it tomorrow, actually. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah man. Okay. You're awesome. our VIB. Very important bud. Come on. Oh, wow. I didn't... That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, so I'll be at the Bartender Awards this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I know. I assume that, you know... That's in Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's in Vegas. Um, and then... by Wolfie? Hosted by Wolfie Memes. Um, we'll be there with Koala Puffs, um, with Silenced Hippie. Uh, we have the Skinny Queen on site. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Um, and then I don't remember the date of the Oregon Cup, but that's coming up this month. Next month we have the Female 50, which is going to be very fun. I hope that you'll make it. Um, and the Cleos, which is going to be, you know, hopefully a big growing up event for uh, a lot of the industry. And, you know, hopefully you guys can come out to that too. It'll be a fun. In LA? Uh, yeah, it's in, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Somewhere cool. Yeah, somewhere Hopefully there's a swimming pool Uh, And, and a weed bar. Honestly, uh, I don't know if there'll be a swimming pool, but I just talked to the event and I was like, hey, so if we bring a bus for people to smoke weed on, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a good loophole. What do you think about that? And they were like, we never heard you. Yeah, like, oh, well, is that legal? So, you know, we'll see. Maybe there'll be a bus to consume on. Great. Heck yes. Love a bus. Love smoking on a bus. Um, I think that's it for us. I mean, this has been really fucking awesome. Well, thank you with guys Mike for having me. With Mike and Fly and Mike again. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's really great. Dude, I'm Capetta, really excited the best. to see that Dunkin' Donuts commercial, man. That is going to be <laughs> dope. The gra- I've seen the graphics, and let me tell you guys. <laughs> he looked like a real fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to hang out with you. Thank you so much, man. Mary thank Jane, you guys. where can everyone find us? I'm at, uh, this is Mary Jane underscore. You're at glazer boo hoo hoo and i know you won't see it here but you got a check i did get a check oh yeah i forgot i meant to i actually thought about that when i saw i was like oh i'm gonna bring that up when i see him and give him some props for now being like a legitimate entertainer thank you (laughs) thank you that's cool you made it sag oh and congratulations on sag but uh nah the the, the check mark's bigger (laughs) yeah the check mark's bigger (laughs) yeah it's pretty i'm yeah it's Fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, and we are at and Grub uh, everywhere, weedandgrub.com on the internet. And um, give us a five-star rating, review. What else, Mike? That's it. Bye, everybody. Ten stars. <laughs> Bye.